0: Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell, and today I have my wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell, and you can reach me at Chef Bry Comedy, that's Chef B-R-Y, and today we're calling this our Big Ass Bigfoot episode, or BABE for short. My wife coined the phrase, I love it, Uh, but today we're going to talk all about Bigfoot from the beginnings of where it might have come from to where it got popularized in pop culture and where science is leading us, and then at the end, we're going to try to make that connection again to the alien and Bigfoot connection, there's a a kind of connection there that I want to kind of go into, and then we'll talk about the more mystical side of Bigfoot, because I think most people uh, believe that Bigfoot is a cryptid, and so that would be categorized as biological cryptid, cryptozoology, but then there's some people... So uh, it's going to be a fun episode. We had a great time recording it. Uh, We are going through a heat wave up here in the Pacific Northwest. so Please bear with us. We did our best, and I think it turned out pretty darn good, actually. But uh, grab yourself a drink, grab yourself a snack, and uh, get your friend over and, uh, you know, share this with people that, that you know, love cryptids and the paranormal. I'm looking to grow my audience. I'm looking to grow my empath tribe. Let's get started. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, hello again, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell, of Chef Fry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y. And today I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. So please say hello, dear. Hello, dear. <laughs> That's good enough. Uh, so you guys, today um, uh, is a very hot day up here. In the Pacific Northwest, as you all know, we're from Oregon, and uh, we're having a excessive heat warning. Is that what they call it? Yes, in it effect, is. yeah. And the Google machine is telling us that that we have to stay cool and hydrated. And so, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, I just wanted you guys to know that uh, we care about you. And so, please stay hydrated and cool. Check on your family and neighbors. And uh, let's see. And so you may hear at certain points uh, the air conditioning running. I do apologize for that. Um, but we have to maintain a, a certain comfort in here because uh, without it, we're just going to melt like the white, pale people that we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might even die.
0: We, we could die. We could. <laughs> okay. So today uh, I'm calling this episode, we want this to be a fun episode you know, occasionally I can be pretty deep and dark and uh, serious. and uh, But, you know, that's not to, you know, that's intentional. You know, I, I want you guys to know that this is a place, um, it's, a, it's a judgment-free zone. It's inclusive. But, yeah, occasionally I get a little snarky from time to time. And that's not, uh, you know, to pick on any uh, specific people. Uh, but I will call out bullshit when bullshit is is necessary needs necessary to be called out you know yeah. um and so so if if you've ever been offended by anything i said um do realize that um we care about all people of every race of every gender of every uh sexuality uh we are not uh trying to pile on to the problems of this world we want to solve problems and we want to be there for people, even if we disagree with uh, you on politics or something of that nature. Just know that we're not picking on conservatism. We're picking on certain unsustainable behaviors, whether that be, you know, uh, behaviors that that are cruel and, and and not necessary. Or just simply, be you know, mentalities that are against science or rationale or, or decency or normalcy, things like that. So we're not trying to pick on you as conservatives. Just know that. Uh, coming in that we're here for all people that's what we're all about right Absolutely. and so uh real quick uh before we get started i just kind of want to let you guys know that um we will be uh wrapping up season one of surviving empathy uh the next week we're going to do two episodes this week and then two episodes next week and that will be a total of 25 episodes Yay. And um, uh, according to uh, all the articles I've read, um, we're right there uh, at and above uh, what you would call uh, average attendance. Uh, we're doing actually above average on some episodes. So that's really good. So I'm very awesome. excited. Yeah. I think what my, one of my fears is that we're going to stop the podcast and then uh, pick back up. And in that time, I'm going to be like, oh, no, my audience doesn't you know, love me anymore. And they're going <laughs> to go away. They're going to find somebody else. And I'll, and I'll get back to season two as a jilted lover uh, going, where did my people go? Where did my empath tribe go? But no, it's it, it'll be fine. Um, so we're going to be taking a break uh, from uh, at the uh, – probably uh, – Close to the end of August, and then we're going to come back after our vacation. Uh, Rebecca and I are going down uh, to visit family and friends down in California uh, in early October. And so uh, by the end of October, will um, probably early November, right after Halloween, uh, we'll be coming back to you guys with Season 2 of Surviving Empathy. Yay! So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but, but, you know, I do have to take care of myself and I have other things uh, at Chef Bry Comedy that I'm also working on. I'm working on a comedy album. I'm working on books uh, and, you know, just uh, there, I'm going to be starting here a Patreon page uh, during my time off. And um, I'm going to be doing a lot of spoken word content, which is my written content that I read aloud to you guys. And um, I will be probably either um, putting it on Patreon for a super cheap price, like, you know, just enough to kind of keep things going, a cup of coffee or something, you know, 60 cents or whatever. Um, or, after a while, um, those will go to the podcast, and you'll see them right here on, you know, all, all the networks. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Ugh, gosh. Anywho, uh, so uh, so yes, uh, today's episode, it is hot, so please bear with us. We're trying to keep our sanity We're trying to keep our cool, literally. Um, But yeah, this is uh, what I'm calling a big-ass Bigfoot episode, or as Rebecca uh, uh, coined it. Babe. Yeah, it's our babe episode, babe. (laughs) So big-ass Bigfoot episode. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But anyway. I'm smart. Yeah, you are smart. Um, (laughs) So... uh, we have done a little bit of research, you know, it was hotter than Hades yesterday. And so we decided to just kind of make all day yesterday, kind of just one big, Bigfoot a thon. We watched various TV shows and various, you know, uh, documentaries. One of the documentaries we watched was called, uh, the Bigfoot alien connection revealed. And, uh, it was really good. And of course, uh, the, at the end, uh, so what they're trying to make a connection to Bigfoot and um, and UFOs. and while and so the way it worked is that they had a lot of it looked like they were just kind of borrowing footage from mm-hmm. a lot of different places. Um, so you'll anybody who's into the UFOs will recognize some folks. there's a a professor that I can't remember his name, but that that bearded guy rest in peace. I know he passed away. Um, and then Nick Pope, everybody knows Nick Pope, you know. <clears throat> He's the um he was a former uh British uh what was his position? Uh something, something British was, Ministry of Defense Minist- Ministry something of Defense. Think, yeah, yes. Yeah, he was yes. the he was the Ministry of Defense uh leader back in the nineties and now everybody knows him kind of as a um alien uh and UFO enthusiast. So anyway, so the way this documentary went um is that they're trying to make a connection from Uh, Just regular, you know, because there's two schools of thought about Bigfoot. There's the it's just a biological animal uh, point of view, which, uh, you know, is basically in the cryptozoology uh, category. And then some put him in the more um, paranormal or mystical or magical uh, point of view. And so what this was doing is that it kind of uh, the documentary kind of started talking about Bigfoot and then it went over to UFO phenomenon, and then after a while, it sort of ended in the third act with these people that, of course, live in Eugene, Oregon, because we are basically <clears throat> the capital of weird here. Uh, that's only forty minutes south of us. Um, but these guys um, have uh, a phenomenon, uh, and I won't spoil it all at the right at this moment. But um, basically, what the UFO uh, documentary was trying to say. Is that there is a, uh, a correlation or connection between uh, all paranormal events, and that's really fascinating because you know when we talk about the uh, uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, <clears throat> we get <clears throat> excuse me, guys, uh, we get a lot of um, you know a multitude of of phenomenon, you know, from aliens to uh, ghosts to portals to energy uh, to magnetism uh, anomalies, everything.
1: Yeah, yeah so. so much
0: so that was what was really neat about that. Um, and, but the thing of this uh, particular uh, documentary is that it it didn't really um, it didn't, well.
1: It, the title said they would reveal things; they didn't reveal. Things. <laughs> they, but it was interesting. They made a connection
0: <laughs> briefly yeah. at the end, <laughs> yes. um, but we'll go into that later. I don't want to start on this right now because I actually want to start at the beginning, which is um, you know how uh, the Bigfoots phenomenon started and perhaps when it started uh and then of course <clears throat> some of the you know notable times in history that sort of made this whole thing come to be you know um so we were watching yesterday what got us into this is we were watching uh a director's commentary of Les stroud's uh survivor man bigfoot that was the season six uh where he uh you know talked went on these adventures of with various uh figures uh, whether they be some are more controversial than others, like Todd Standing, some people call fraud standing. Um, I, I don't believe that he's a fraudster. <clears throat> I think he's just overly excited. Very and, excited. And sometimes yeah. his excitability makes him tend to be, uh, you know, anything and everything. Oh, well, that was Bigfoot. You know, yeah. he's just overly excited. But I don't think he's a fraud. I just think he's just sometimes because he's so biased, he doesn't always know how to maintain mm-hmm. neutrality. Um, but getting started <clears throat> to the beginning of the of the whole phenomenon, most of us know that the very beginning. This wasn't the beginning of when the phenomenon occurred, um, but when the pop culture uh, be, started uh, becoming most apparent was back in 1967. Of course, the Patterson Gimlin film. I said Gimli. I think last no, time, Lord but of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Messes with your brain, uh, <laughs> pop culture. But, but yeah, the Patterson Gimlin film is a 13-second film of what people consider to be like the most compelling video evidence of Bigfoot ever captured. Um, and then we ended up watching two documentaries about that. That was trying to prove or disprove that, and basically their findings uh, is that they. Uh, They had large men try to, uh, you know, uh, do the walk of the Bigfoot and they couldn't get very large men to reproduce the walk, which uh, suggests that their gait is specific uh, to their size and shape. And so that's cool. So that means that nothing compelling got disproved. Um, In fact, if anything, everything about the Patterson Gimlin film was uh, either, uh, you know, proven to either they couldn't pr- prove without a shadow of a doubt that it was real but they couldn't disprove it either and so it really still to this day holds up as some fairly good evidence um you know but um i want to bring rebecca in here um uh you know what do you think uh, about this whole phenomenon and you know just kind of talk about it uh, what your feelings are about it and what you want and etc etc cetera. Well, et cetera.
1: It's- absolutely fascinating. So I like to watch anything and everything that we can get our hands on because I just like seeing all the different points of view and Mm -hmm. all that. Um, I can't say a hundred percent. I think he exists because I've never seen anything, Yeah, but my belief is pretty high. I think it's it's definitely possible that he exists. And I think there's a lot of good, I don't know if you want to say actual evidence, but a lot of good anecdotal things and of footprints and things like that
0: yeah yeah well and that and that uh, kind of goes into you know the first came the gimlin film and then after that um, that was that happened at Bluff Creek California which is Northern California which is near Willow Creek which is a small town that gets much of its um, uh, actual tourism and money uh, from the Bigfoot phenomenon there's tons of Bigfoot statues and murals and paintings and bookstores and even if they're not believers in it, um, the town pretty much uh, would go bankrupt if it wasn't for the phenomenon. And so that kind of goes into uh, what I wanted to come uh, talk about next, which is um, you know, there's a lot of uh, people nowadays uh, who are uh, jumping on the bandwagon, if you will, of the big vote phenomenon uh, in order to make a buck. I mean, you could even. Uh, say that maybe even we are to an extent because we're talking about it, but uh, you know, not that my podcast makes money, but you know, (laughs) someday subject for another time.
1: Uh,
0: But, uh, but the thing of it is, is that what, um, what I'm next talking about here is um, that there's a lot of people now because of the financial gain uh, wealth agenda aspect to it um, can create a lot of uh, false evidence False claims and a lot of um, people, actual hoaxers out there who are trying to hoax. And and so uh, what I wanted to kind of tell you guys is that uh, there was a time uh, uh, not long after, like in the 90s, for example, where uh, the government, uh, they were said to have caught uh, this man in a ghillie suit, which is one of those like kind of scraggly hunting suits Mm -hmm. that hunters wear sometimes in the, in the deep swamps and brush and stuff. Um, but, uh, these, uh, this man got ran over by this woman in this one documentary. Uh, and then it, it comes to light that, um, he was a hoaxer. He was trying to hoax. And so there's a lot of people out there who may be hoaxing, um, because they want to go viral. A lot of YouTube uh, people now may end up Saying or doing things that are dishonest in order to try to capture views, because uh, the more views they get, of course, the more money they make, and so that is one uh, unfortunate aspect of this whole phenomenon, is that um, you don't, you never know when you're, when someone might be trying to pull the wool over your eyes, and so uh, a case really can be made uh, fairly equally on both sides for and against the belief of Bigfoot, because uh, on the one hand, we don't have a ton of evidence. Um, we have uh, compelling uh, evidence, but it's not substantial. It's not substantive. It's not, it's not the grand slam that we all require. You know, it's not the the body or, you know, something that we can just say without a shadow of a doubt. And so, so the, that's what is so f- uh, interesting about this is that it has become sort of this legend and um, it's, it's a very polarizing thing, because uh, a lot of people who believe uh, get really mad at those who don't, and those who don't believe think those who do believe are completely wacko. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so it has become this really divisive thing. And uh, we've watched several documentaries. And it, um, there, there was even one that was talking about um, the government possibly hoaxing, uh, because they were afraid, uh, because what happened was, is, uh, I think in the 90s, uh, the spotted owl uh, became a uh, protected species it was going extinct and so what but what happened as a result of that is that the logging industries and fishing and game industries really took a financial hit of that and so what what this documentary was saying is that there is um, so little hints of proof that the government actually has been trying to hoax in order to make the whole thing seem so ridiculous that people sort of drop the subject,
1: yeah. Because if it's proven real and it's labeled as an endangered species, then all of this forest habitat it's, would be off limits, would be protected, to and right? And all this kind of stuff. And that's ex- so it's, it's a financial
0: <clears throat> yes problem for them, right? Exactly. And so you do find um, you'll find little bits and pieces of information out there. Uh, that talk about uh, possibly the Fish and Game, fish and, and the, uh, Wildlife Services, and Parks and Rec, and all these various uh, services actually uh, putting on hoaxes uh, in order to make uh, Bigfoot seem less real and less likely so that uh, it doesn't become a protected species, uh, and therefore uh, logging and fishing and game and all these in- multi-million dollar industries don't take a hit. Because once it's protected, yeah, it would protect the wildlife in the woods of that area. And so um, while I'm not saying uh, that any specific government agency did that, um, there is there was suggestions that um, these there is a, a financial reason why our government would actively try to seek to uh, mm-hmm. make the whole thing seem ridiculous.
1: Yeah, because like you said, with the spotted owl, when that did actually get labeled as an endangered species, these communities took huge financial hits mm-hmm. and their are areas near us, like on the mm-hmm. coast that were, that heavily rely on logging and they, yeah. they lost tons of money and little, little camp villages went under and yeah, so it's, it, yeah, it's a big industry and it's
0: a huge right.
1: voice. Right. In and, this area.
0: Yeah. Right. And when you think about all the industries that rely heavily on Bigfoot now, towns for tourism and, uh, podcasts and youtube Mm -hmm. channels and television shows on animal planet and sci-fi and travel channel you think about it it is a Mm multi-million dollar industry and we fail sometimes to see that um and some people might get a little cynical because of that and and that's where i try to maintain sort of my innocence about all this because i don't have any financial gain to to gain from this other than just talking to you guys but you know i talk about other things i mean i i don't I don't rely solely on Bigfoot to make money. And so I have no interest. I just want to know what's true and what's real. Yeah. You know, and that's what this whole podcast is about is about, you know, just uh, talking about life, talking about mental health, talking about empaths in a way that is um, not fantastical and not overly, uh, you know, mystical and magical. And while I respect the views of mysticism and magical, uh, I try to take a, you know, a somewhat skeptical and balanced approach. So at the end of the day, whether we're talking about politics or Bigfoot or aliens or whatever, um, the, the takeaway is, is, uh, you know, have an open mind, but don't let your brain fall out. You know, and that's, that's what it, what, what this is all about, you know? For sure. um, but yeah. So, so getting uh, back uh, to it. Um, so, so this, this one, uh, uh, the Bigfoot alien connection revealed, it was a really interesting documentary uh, so so basically they start off again talking about aliens and ufos and talking to a few la- uh, people that definitely would qualify as crackpots but they were super <laughs> awesome i love that one lady
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah the lady that she owns some uh little like tourist uh, store
1: with- it was an area that she says is yeah, right. I, mean, I think it was New Mexico. Yeah, it
0: was. a vor- Yeah, right. And so there's they're saying that there's active vortexes there. Or vor- I call them vortices, but uh, active hotspots where uh, there's polarity and uh, they call them paranormal hotspots. But they're also known as uh, highly magnetized areas. They're known as uh, vortexes. They're known as, uh, some people call them ley lines, Mm -hmm. where the ley lines, there's hot spots, etc. But in these spots um, is said to uh, attract lots of uh, extra, more than usual, paranormal activity. And that's everything from uh, UFO sightings to, um, uh, you know, obviously ghosts. Um, But then also uh, skinwalkers and uh, werewolves and Bigfoot. So a lot of cryptid sightings in these spots. And that's where what's fascinating about their theory on this documentary is so close to my heart because it goes into a lot of uh, similarities with the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which is, okay. we have this highly magnetized area where we're getting uh, technological glitches due to the high magnetism, electromagnetic fluctuations Uh, we're getting. uh, As soon as we run our tests, we end up seeing UFOs. And uh, as soon as um, there always seems to be some cryptid involved in the case here, it's Bigfoot in the case of Skinwalker. It's the actual Skinwalker, which is a native American uh, lore uh, about a a shape shifting uh, dog dog or wolf-like creature. Uh, and so what the fuck is going on here? You guys, it's so weird. Right. Um, and so, so we're sitting here watching this thing going, uh, when are they going to make their point? Because I'm not seeing the connection yet. Right. And so what happened was is that, you know, spoiler alert, if you guys don't want to know, skip ahead. Um, but what happens here is that in the third act, uh, they they we find ourselves with the, the this handful of people from Eugene, Oregon, and uh, they um, they're, they're all you know, because just before that they were talking about this mystery spot in uh, Montana, Montana. Right. And there's also a mystery spot in California that I've been to where, um, you know, there's like oh there's always like a wood shed and that w- or like a wood. I don't know what you would call it, like a, you know, like a wood building, building. Yeah. and it's got little windows in it. And, um, you know, it, 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 it there's like, um, you know, visual, uh, an, what, do, what do they call it? Uh, uh, visual, uh, you know, where it's not real, uh, 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 <laughs> we're totally brain, brain far brain, is not brain no working. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of visual, um, uh, things going on there where like you're short. And then if you move over to the other side of a guy, he's tall. So it's a visual, uh, uh God, illusion. Where's, <laughs> illusion yes. <laughs> go. God. Oh my goodness. But yeah. And so, and so not, think. it is hot. I know we'll get through this somehow. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, where not only are there, uh, highly magnetic areas in these, uh, what are called hot spots. Um, but a lot of these have ended up turning into tourist traps, and they're always called like a mystery spot or something. And in these mystery spots, you get visual illusions, you get uh, highly magnetized areas. And this one guy was talking about even that Bigfoot comes around.
1: And Bigfoot comes around physically, and he also said Bigfoot comes around kind of in a parallel dimension and you at, can't see at, him but you can hear him
0: right
1: walking through this building
0: and so not yeah so not only are they talking about Bigfoot in the traditional sense as being a biological critter but they're also now talking about him being sort of a mystical creature that may even have powers i mean some people in this uh, whole show uh, talked about him uh, disappearing before your plain eyes not running off into the woods but literally disappearing, like transporting out of this
1: show either. There was the we just watched this morning. The guy said he was watching him and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he didn't see him anymore. Yeah. He He said he just
0: disappeared like the predator, like he went into Mm -hmm. predator vision and just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to uncover is what is this connection? And so, um, at the very end of this show, again, getting back, they, uh, there was a building, a big shed. It looked like a, kind of like a, a garage shed or something. It was a two story building and it was, very plain. It had big roller doors and stuff. Um, but these people in uh, Oregon, uh, down in Eugene, up for you probably, but down for us. Uh, but these people, um, they said that a few years ago, all this area was, was sort of like just a regular field. It was just a, a area behind their house or something. And they built this uh, shed or garage there, whatever you want to call it. Um, but what's happening is, is these guys make the claim that not only is Bigfoot showing up, um, but uh, they're getting a lot of other paranormal activity as well. And so they have in this garage, they, they do these uh, paranormal investigations where they're getting knocking sounds and noises and EVPs, EVPs. of voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the, the takeaway here at the end was i mean first of all you got to pick your jaw up off the ground because it's like what <laughs> right. what are they trying to say here exactly because
1: have an actual point it was just kind well, of this is no. what happens and this is what happens I, I
0: think what they're saying is that some people believe uh that that bigfoot is simply a biological organism like a cryptozoologist would say is just a cryptid uh and then there's some who believe that uh like the native americans they believe that um that either uh he has a uh, some kind of magic power to um to disappear to um uh, or 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 transform into like like that guy thought he would turn into like a dragonfly looking thing
1: yeah I, all of a sudden when he was talking there's it looked to me like a bug Flew yeah. Like, the big, yeah, it look like a cricket to me the, right in front something. of the camera yeah. or dragonfly. But then they were like, oh, look, it's glowing. I think it's the Bigfoot and he's manifesting as this glowing bug. And yeah. And that was a little jump in the shark. But well,
0: yeah. And that's the thing about this. It was really, really like going down the rabbit hole. And I told Rebecca last night that I was going to have to sit and, and kind of digest this over time because it's really out there, you guys. I mean, this it's the more out there stuff that I've ever seen. And, and while it could be dismissed plainly as crazy, um, I do think that they had a point in certain aspects. And so I will go into what I think is real and what I don't. So what I do think is real is that, yes, I do believe that cryptids uh, are highly sensitive beings that are attracted to vortexes or vortices or pol- or portals. And so anywhere these ley lines or portals exist, uh, they have a tendency to attract uh, the supernatural or the paranormal. And that can include ghosts, that can include aliens and UFOs, that can include any shape-shifting uh, critter. Uh, so so in the, that sense, I can say, okay, well, maybe Bigfoot is simply attracted to this area because he's highly attuned to nature, and therefore he's attracted to a, a vortex, right? Yeah. And these vortexes seem to be um, gateways either to another time, place in time and space like alien travelers or it's a, a pathway to, like I said in a previous episode, the astral plane or the ether, <laughs> the ether or the astral plane. So it's a portal to that or it's a, uh, a simply a portal to another uh, dimension, which we could say is an alternate universe, perhaps. So, you know, when you think about all this, your brain explodes, and then you have to pick up all the pieces of your I'm brain. Still
1: picking mine up off the floor. Yeah,
0: and you got to kind of <laughs> but- shove it all back in there and <laughs> wrap it up, and then kind of go, "What? What are we looking at here?" Um, and so that's why this is so hard to talk about. Um, we talked about this uh, premise on a previous episode, and we didn't really say that much about it because, honestly. There's not much to say. All we do know is that there seems to be a connection to UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings. And so, does that mean that uh, Bigfoot is a alien? I don't think so, personally. Yeah. Well, yeah. because why would it? Why would he smell like crap and yet be <laughs> also own a very highly advanced ship? Like you would think he would have soap. I mean, he has, <laughs> you know, he has advanced you know technology you would think he probably has a little bit of lava soap in the back there too you know exactly
1: and some people are saying that maybe he's kind of a scout Mm -hmm. for these other beings but right yeah and that's it's
0: it's all a little out there and so a lot of this felt to me and i mean no disrespect because i love uh, at the end of this uh, documentary there was two people who had passed away that we're in this one was a uh, professor and the other was a paranormal investigator. Uh, and I can't remember their names right now. And I wish I could, um, but rest in peace, darling. We loved you. She uh, actually uh, was a contributor for the show. We watched uh, paranormal caught on camera. And uh, while I love her, um, some of this just comes across like what I would call new age, paranormal uh, phenomenon. It's kind of mm-hmm. taking uh, the paranormal to this new age, Place and there isn't a lot of proof of it all, but but it but it does kind of you know I can believe that that there are paranormal hotspots in the world, um, but I have a hard time believing that a big beast like creature who smells funky would also be um, either magical uh, or the has the ability to disappear or has the ability to read your mind or has the ability to turn off cameras or has the ability. Mm-hmm to, um, I don't know, just, uh, you know, have advanced spaceships and things like that. That, for me, is a bridge too far. But what I will say is that I do believe that these paranormal hotspots do exist. So please, talk on that a little bit.
1: Well, one thing that did make me think about that was when we were watching the Les Stroud commentary for the Bigfoot show and he was in an area where he was hearing things happening behind him in the woods. He was seeing things out of the corner of his eye, but then at the same time he looked up over a ridge and there were weird lights in the sky.
0: Yeah. So he, um, so Les Stroud, he talks about it on this episode, um, but then he also talked about it further in the uh, director's commentary where this particular instance, he's out there with a couple of guys and one of them was native American and he, you know his name was Anchor, and he he's, he takes the more mystical approach uh, to Bigfoot because they they really see uh, Bigfoot as a um, a mystical creature. And while I respect that, I really do. Um, I just have a hard time believing that this big hairy creature is also highly sophisticated. I mean, mm-hmm. I, is he very advanced for a animal? Yes. But he's not advanced enough to build trucks and, you know, so he's obviously not more advanced than human, but he might be more advanced than a bear, perhaps.
1: And I take it as more not necessarily highly advanced, but highly attuned to nature and things going on around him. Sure. So that would be why he'd be more attracted to areas like this. Right. Or there might be some type of mind connection just when you're open to things like that kind of right and
0: yeah i mean when you um i don't want to lose sight of what i was about to say because i have two two points here and i don't want to lose the other one so we'll we'll get back to Les stroud's episode but yes um there are people who believe that we can be psychically linked with uaps or ufos and so there are people in this world who have had multiple multiple encounters while some have had none And, um, oh, I'm getting a phone call here. You guys, sorry. Um, but, uh, (laughs) best episode ever. (laughs) Okay. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, don't, don't look at my phone, hon. That's okay. (laughs) My wife's like, your phone's ringing. (laughs) So my doctor, I'll call her back. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, so Les Stroud, he was, um, he saw four UFOs or four lights in the sky, that night and then he said he had a dream or what he felt he wasn't sure if it was real or a dream where he felt like some big creature was sitting on him while he was sleeping and then uh later on uh they did have uh apples up on a tree stump that were like 12 or 14 feet high that were taken in the morning that were missing and gone
1: and the camera didn't show it
0: and the camera didn't the show it except for that camera, one, that one little, little thing
1: in the corner. Piece, yeah, it looked mm-hmm.
0: like a piece of a head or something of, of whatever. Maybe a Sasquatch, maybe not. But but so so the through line of what Les Stroud was talking about is that, and he, he kind of uh, did this in a way where he stuck it to Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan came out and sort of actively uh, made fun of Les Stroud after the fact of getting into this Bigfoot phenomenon. And so, um, on the commentary, he was like, Joe Rogan tried to prove that Bigfoots aren't real because he showed video of bears running like 30 feet. Well, clearly they waddle. And so mm-hmm. what he was saying is you can easily see that that's not a Bigfoot because they don't have big shoulders and they don't mm-hmm. have great big legs. You know, they don't have great big, um, butts, you know, you're, you know, they have big gluteus maximuses as well as big Just legs,
1: different muscular
0: right right and so, so 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 the through line of what les stroud was saying is that joe rogan doesn't like to he likes you know the grand slam evidence you know he doesn't you know it ha- the mystical and the through lines of the subtle uh are kind of they escape joe rogan they escape a lot of regular people who the i call the uninitiated people who aren't into this they don't understand some of the more um nuanced and and subtle uh aspects to this and so that evening with Les Stroud, first he sees uh, the, the UFOs, and then he has the weird dream where he thinks this, this Bigfoot is sitting on him, and then uh, he wakes up to see that the apples were taken, but they, the camera uh, never caught anything, uh, but the apple at one point was gone. gone. It just well. disappeared. One minute you see it, and the next you don't. Uh, and it didn't look like it had fallen, so we're not sure what happened there. Um, but, but what he's saying, oh, and then there's at the end of that episode, um, they, it was raining a lot and they were scared. They were getting nervous. Like, oh, we got to get a fire because they knew the sun was going down. They weren't going to be able to get home. So they knew they were going to have to stay the night and they could not get a fire started. And so what happened was, is they were hearing knocking sounds this whole time during the rain. And it he believed it was the Bigfoot because it sounded very, uh, you know, uh, you know, just very Just the tree knocks. <clears throat> yeah. It didn't so sound random. Treating, it sounded yeah. more organized than that. Yeah. And so, so then when they were about to run out of matches, um, they heard this tree fall and then they went over to it because uh, it was, I guess it was very loud and this was off camera. We don't get to see it as the audience, but then um, the tree broke and there was tons of dry wood in it. And so then they got their fire started. And as soon as they got their fire started, the tree knocking stopped. And so the through line that Les Stroud was making is that this, you know, the the Native American that was with him believed that, oh, definitely that Sasquatch had some, you know, like protector or watchful observer uh, kind of a role in this where he was – Because that's what I've heard is that Bigfoot can be very curious, that he um, has very sharp instincts and that uh, sometimes because they see us and we don't see them, they can play jokes and games with us or they can be helpful to us. Um, But in this particular instance, they're not sure what happened, but there's this possibility that maybe the the Bigfoot, you know, kind of played a role in helping them to acquire dry wood, even though um, there was no direct evidence. There was a lot of anecdotal evidence um, and so that's the thing about this, you guys, is that it really just comes down on where you come down on a uh, matter of fact, science and uh, subjective reality, because um, I myself, you know, I'm kind of a, you know, mostly uh, skeptical, mostly grounded in reality and grounded in science and reason. Um, but then I also respect Native American culture, and I respect mysticism and spirituality. And while I'm not a religious person, I do have a spiritual side because I understand the dynamics of energy, and energy is an intention. And therefore, if your energy is right and Bigfoot feels your energy, he might be attracted to your energy and vice versa. And that's what I was saying about the UFOs, is that there are people in this world who seem to attract UFOs psychically, uh, and they can have several, several... Uh, appearances in their life mm-hmm. where some will never in their yeah. entire life. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the whole weird thing about this whole phenomenon is that, um, it just depends on where you come down on, uh, the, the Bigfoot or, or the paranormal in general is, are you a, a hard science kind of person, hard fact, or are you a little more, uh, magical, mystical and nuanced? And so, you know, Les Stroud was trying to say that, you know, while he's usually a pragmatist and a skeptic, um, there are sometimes things that happen in ways that are just a little too weird to be coincidence. And so all he's trying to say is, is I don't know for sure, but there was definitely something with us that day that was either yeah. helping us or guiding us or something and of that nature.
1: Part of it, too, is that they were all saying they were hearing all these knocking sounds mm-hmm. and they were really loud and none of them were heard on camera.
0: Speakers Mm -hmm. didn't
1: pick up these noises, but they were all hearing them happen at the time.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes into the end of that other documentary where they they ran a paranormal investigation in that two-story shed. And they were getting knocking sounds. Um, It sounded like it was weird. It sounded like it was almost as though they were somewhere else, like they were hearing something from something else. Because there was nothing in this building, um, and they don't believe it to be haunted per se, Um, But they were getting EVPs, they were getting lots of knocking and rattling sounds, as if it's almost like there was a loudspeaker to another dimension, and you Mm -hmm. were hearing stuff coming from somewhere else, and so that's what's so fascinating about this.
1: Some of it almost sounded like things were falling Mm -hmm. onto the roof, Yeah. but if you look at the building, there's no trees above it, it's completely standing in the middle of nothing, so there's nothing that could be falling from above onto it, there's nothing that would be being... yeah into it or right. by and, wind or anything. Yeah,
0: and so while I do tend to believe that there definitely are what I would call portals or uh, you know, uh, psychic hotspots or paranormal hotspots or whatever you want to call it, I definitely believe those exist and but I don't quite understand to what extent. And so there are some that believe that Bigfoot and aliens have some psychic connection or perhaps they are linked or perhaps Uh, there are simply uh, doorways or portals to uh, another astral world or dimension where all of the paranormal sort of coexists in one weird hodgepodge. And that's where I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like my brain exploded and I'm like, I don't know about all this, but Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the thing. And so, yeah, the, 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 the hard science skeptic in me wants to believe uh, that, that, This creature, if it exists, uh, is probably just a cryptozoological cryptid uh, that has escaped our detection for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, And then there's the, uh, yeah, the other people who believe that it's something a little bit more than that. That he, you know, Native American cultures believe uh, it to be, uh, you know, like a a mystical, helpful healer uh, or, or guide, if you will. And so, wherever you come down on the mystical and the magical, um, that's your prerogative. See, that's the thing. I can't, I can't tell you, oh, yes, absolutely, this is bad shit. And I also can't say that this is absolutely real. There's, there's just some things in life that just have a lot of gray areas, and you kind of just have to accept that some things are compelling and some things sound absurd. But who knows, man, who
1: knows? You know, I don't. That's the fun of it. It yeah. just gives you things to think about. And that was the interesting part about that documentary, is it just added a whole other element to think about yeah. and to try to fit into what yeah I've heard before.
0: Right, right. Because that's the problem with this documentary is that we were gonna kind of go down the cryptozoological uh rabbit hole with it. And then when we started hearing that that more uh you know mystical uh you know, interpretation, uh, I had to mention it because we had mentioned it on a previous podcast. And so now that we know a little bit more, I can kind of say, Oh, okay. And yeah, my belief is that I don't believe Bigfoot is disappearing in front of people. Uh, If it is, it's probably because he's just very fast. Um, and, and so I want to kind of, uh, you know, finish what we were saying about this, you know? So my belief is that I, I believe it's, he's a, it's a real creature. Um, if real at all, I'm not saying I believe I'm saying that I want to believe and that, um, that I tend to lean to believe, but I don't know for sure. I, I just, I just know, I don't think that, that he has some interdimensional traveling powers. I don't necessarily believe that he can shapeshift into, you know, dragonflies. I don't necessarily, <laughs> you know, believe, but you know, another thing they were saying about these, these portals is that cameras and certain, uh, under certain light conditions they are picking up hundreds if not thousands of uh orbs too. Mm. And so what is that? You know, is that simply our camera detecting um natural magnetism or mm. are these light anomalies are these souls? Uh what is it? And so yeah, I mean that's that's what's so fascinating about this, but yeah, at the end of the day it, it brought up more uh, questions than answers for me. And, but I wanted yeah. to bring it up because, yeah, I'm very, I'm very fascinated about it. And I, I really do respect Native American lore and culture. Um, and that's uh, the thing about this is that uh, the Native Americans, um, they believe in Bigfoot the same way they believe in the bald eagle or the, they believe in bears. Um, they're put in the same category and and so, yeah, it's like they kind of treat Bigfoot like he's a real creature, just as other real creatures. And and he's the only one uh, beside uh, the Thunderbird. There's only in phoenixes. Um, but when you look into Native American lore, there's only a handful of what you would call cryptids in uh, mostly a heavy list of real creatures. And so what do you think about that?
1: There could possibly be something to it. I don't know. It it just seems that it's just been a part of history, and it's just been a creature that's just been there
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: forest. It's integrated into their culture and their life, and it just is. It's there, yeah. and yeah,
0: absolutely. No you know, question. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's the thing about this, you guys, is that you know while I am a a, a, a soft believer, um, I've never seen one myself, but I have seen ufos before twice and i know what that sounds like i know how that sounds to people who've never seen anything um but imagine if you were uh you know kent at uh the ghost of carmel maine and you live in the lamb house i mean could you go several years in a house like that and and still not believe in ghosts after everything that happens and so a part of me is like, yeah, this is a little bit too much for me drinking the Kool-Aid, you know. But then there's another part that, um, you know, like Secret of Skinwalker Ranch and these, these portals. There seems to be some correlation to these um, specific spots and a, a, just a huge surge of paranormal activity that ranges from biological cryptids to uh, interdimensional Ooh. travel to ghosts to uh, EVPs to uh, orbs. It's just fucking weird, man.
1: Fascinating.
0: It's fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm not sure what I believe, to be honest. I I have to chew on it a little bit more. I'd
1: love to be able to go to some of these places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Experience things.
0: Well, you know what I might do is, um, since we're only about 40 minutes away, um, I'm going to try to contact this guy and say, hey, I have a paranormal podcast would you like to be on it? And um, it'll probably be a while because I don't even know if I can find the guy the first. Time,
1: and on that documentary, they're mentioning that he was trying to sell the place. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. 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 Something to look into. But if sure. I can
0: find the it's guy so or find the address or something, mm-hmm. perhaps we could uh, well, do a paranormal sh- investigation in that yeah. shed.
1: And there's so many places just near Portland that have had so many Bigfoot sightings mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and things that. There are areas we could go to and
0: we could Sure. Well yeah, and that's the thing you guys is that you know, it's easy when you're in Los Angeles or Chicago. I mean, yeah, I've told you guys, I'm a city boy uh, partially, but I'm also a country boy at heart too because I've lived in both equally. Mm-hmm. I've I I grew up in a small town. I've done a lot of fishing and hiking and uh uh been out in in the, in the middle of nowhere, but I've also gone to culinary school in LA and I've visited New York. And so I've seen both ends of that spectrum and I can see how somebody from Los Angeles is like, bullshit, come on, get real. But like Les Stroud said, look, if you look at some of these areas, we are talking um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of square miles of forests, Forest. heavily forested areas that we can't even get to. Like fi- fire trails stop at a certain point. We're talking way, way further than that. And so when you start to think about these creatures, yes, there is an equal case to be made that it's not real and an equal case to be made that it is real. But you have to think, it's kind of like Drake's equation of Bigfoot. Think about how much forested land is on this planet and how. We always seem to see uh, Bigfoot in the same areas where there's heavy rainfall. So mm-hmm. there's a correlation there that scientists are finding, that there's a correlation between heavy rainfall and large forested areas, and there yeah. being an uprising of uh, of uh, Bigfoot uh, reports and sightings.
1: Mm-hmm. And Les Stroud had a good point. Like, you can see how things could be faked in areas where there's heavy sightings, where they're People can get to. That's easy to get to. But yeah. He said, how do you...
0: Like Penga ex- Canyon. Exactly. <laughs> in Los Angeles. But how
1: do you explain he gets helicoptered into an area that's so deep in the forest that nobody's ever there and finding a, a footprint there? Yeah. Why would someone pick that area mm-hmm. to helicopter in, go make a fake footprint, in the chance that somebody might find it, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Right, right. And so that's what makes this whole thing so difficult, you guys, is that um, the belief Whether you're for or against the belief of Bigfoot or not, um, you have to understand that some places where these quote unquote hoaxes are going on are in areas that are so densely rich and densely packed full of uh, bush and trees uh, that who would who would do that? Why would you put a footprint there when no No one would ever see it? it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Blows my brain off.
1: Fascinating stuff.
0: My brain explodes yeah. <laughs> every time. Um, anyway, uh, sing him a song, baby. I want to look at my list here.
1: I don't sing. You don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> you know uh, this. So,
0: <laughs> so, tree knocking. I'll just kind of read my list out loud here. Um, uh, Red Gross, what was his name? Grossinger. Grossinger. So, Red Grossinger is a... Um, a guy that we fell in love with on one of these um, documentaries, uh, he, he, he he's written a book about Bigfoot, and he lives in the Yukon area of Canada, and if you biologically look at all the biggest spots where Bigfoot sightings happen, it always happens either in the Pacific Northwest or heavily forested areas. That includes Wyoming, uh, Idaho, uh, Ohio. Ohio, right, New York even, uh, so any fo- heavily forested area. Uh, And that definitely includes parts of Canada, like Vancouver and Vancouver Island, as well as the Yukon area, which is kind of going up north even further, kind of as you're getting towards Alaska. Um, But that area is a very, very huge, uh, desolate place. A lot of places would be very hard to get to, uh, and yet uh, they have a lot of... um, a lot of enthusiasts up there because there have been sightings. And so what was neat about him is that he and his wife were really cool. He was a kind of a, a French Canadian guy,
1: ex-military,
0: ex-military. And his wife was a, look she looked like perhaps native American, native mm-hmm. Canadian or Inuit or something. Yeah. And uh, they just had a really cool uh, vibe and rapport. We, we fell in love with them instantly. Um, but, but, that's the thing. Like this one, this guy, this particular documentary was talking about was uh, up there in the Yukon area. Uh, they they got a hold of a guy who runs the uh, museum there that talks all about the uh, Siberian Peninsula and how the Ice Age uh, created a uh, land mass or land bridge right. mm-hmm. that allowed a lot of critters and people to get over from uh, Russia and Siberia. And and of course, everyone knows that Russia and Siberia are connected to Asia and India. So it's all interconnected. And so that land bridge, uh, back when it still existed, allowed a lot of critters, people, and creatures to come over from there. And that is kind of what gives people this uh, belief that there could be a great ape in the Pacific Northwest because uh, at once upon a time, uh you know we were connected to asia and that blows yeah, your mind you know does.
1: yeah because some people in some areas they're like oh there couldn't be something there because they'd have to swim there but no back mm-hmm. way back in history there right. were connected areas that would allow that type yeah. of migration of animals right. And people and-
0: right exactly and so at the end of the day um every documentary that we watched there seem to be an equal number of believers and equal number of non-believers. And of course they probably do that for balance. You know, Mm -hmm. I get that. But, but if I were to think about in real life, if you were to sample everybody on the planet, I would venture to say that you would probably get 40 to 50% belief and 40 to 50 non-belief. And that Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. And so uh, I just find it fascinating that, um, that, that there is this sort of uh, cryptid, Phenomenon that's so powerful because you know, like Les Stroud, he made a really good point. A lot of people who believe in Bigfoot, they don't realize this is not a single creature. You guys, we're talking about yeah. <laughs> a species, right? And so we don't know whether there's thirty or thirty thousand or maybe sixty thousand or more of these creatures. And so you know, mm-hmm. why maybe we saw more, uh, you know, hundred or two hundred years ago versus now. Would be because of deforestation, uh, and as uh, we become more technologically advanced, we don't get out back to nature quite as much. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, who's to say that maybe there was only thirty in the world, and now there's only three in the world? We just don't know. No, we don't. You know, and so that's why uh, there's that little part of my heart that I keep open to the the more magical and mystical side mm-hmm. of things, but. I don't believe that he is a, a magical creature. I believe that he's probably Gigantopithecus, which is a, um, a, 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 a creature that existed about 100 or 200,000 years ago. Um, uh, there, something I wanted to mention here, um, uh, down here, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, so uh, in Russia, there's what's called the Denisova-Russia, They found a finger bone and analyzed it and found that it was the finger bone of a female hominid of a big species.
1: That was Uh, a completely new species
0: that they didn't know about. Right, and what it proved was that modern humans actually coexisted with these other uh, competing species. You know, when we think about history, um, sometimes we forget that um, there have been uh, sightings of, of, of. feral humans as recently as 100 years ago, cannibals in Scotland, cannibals in America, cannibals in the tribal areas of South America and parts Mm -hmm. of Asia and Africa. So if we can have tribal people still exist to this day, imagine what could have existed 100,000 years ago. Um, It's fascinating. And so there was probably a period where human, the modern uh, Homo sapien, was probably running around with Homo erectus and all, maybe, perhaps six to nine to twelve to sixteen other species of hominid. Human-like. Yeah, H- yeah. Mm-hmm. and when we say hominid, we're referring to any uh, intelligent creature that walks on two legs as opposed to four feet. Mm-hmm. That is
1: yeah, weird, is. you know. But and the- they mentioned at one point that in that same area they found a tooth of a creature that was it was a human-like tooth but it was much larger yeah like would have been like a bigfoot type of tooth
0: yeah yeah so So, yeah uh, so 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 the point is ladies and gentlemen is that yeah the jury is still out you know i had a uh girl yesterday uh her name is uh, callie surfer uh she's a highly uh progressive uh lady from la i i She's on my social media. Just want to give her a shout out so she can get some more audience growing. But she's a really nice gal. And she was just like, well, what real evidence do we have? You know, and that's the thing. And so I kind of told her that um, what we know we have is, you know, because most people, when they think of good evidence, they think obviously the best evidence would be a dead body. Um, And so I just kind of want to finish the show off today about what the best evidence is and so, uh, of course, the best evidence would be a dead uh, Bigfoot that everybody can see and scrutinize and, and scientists could say, yes, definitely, that is definitely a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the best evidence. Um, but since we don't have that, a lot of people think that the best evidence would be after that would be um, fur and things like that, physical evidence. And, and while that is true, um, we know from people like uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum. He is a very popular. He is a, a paleontologist from the University of Idaho, and he's kind of known in this business as a a, a skeptical believer, a hopeful believer, like myself. Um, but but he has to rely on the hard science, and so while. He never admits that he's way into this shit. (laughs) You know, he's a big believer. Um, But, but he believes that yes, the best evidence is actually tracks track and castings of tracks because right. And, and and I think that's hard for us non-scientific people to understand because it's like, well, how could tracks be better than physical evidence? Because you know, that stuff could be faked. We've all seen people hoax with giant feet and, big cutouts of feet and things mm-hmm. how could that be better evidence and so do you want to kind of do you know the answer do you would you I like do. to talk well uh, talk on i that?
1: can't remember what that particular part of the anatomy yeah. of the I'll, foot I'll, was but some I'll, of give, the, I'll give yeah. it to you
0: it's called um i have it written here uh let me find it it's called the mid tarsal break
1: there you go so yeah so some of these footprints show an area that people that that know feet and the anatomy of feet It's called a (laughs) mid-tarsal break, break. and it's just a way that the foot bends as you walk that humans do not have.
0: Right, so Bigfoots have what's called a mid-tarsal break that humans don't possess that allows uh, them to have a hinge in the middle of their foot to allow it greater uh, flexibility that we don't have. We have a really sharp uh, arch that prevents our foot from becoming completely flat. Even though people say they're flat-footed, you're not truly. Mm -hmm. Um, That can cause, you know, medical problems. But nobody, no human, has a mid-tarsal break that is said to exist on these uh, Sasquatch. And so, the mid-tarsal break is a huge, huge indicator that this is uh, nothing other than a Bigfoot because a bear can't make it, a cougar, an elk, no no other creature can make it. Cut
1: out can't make it. it. A cat,
0: right? Well, unless they had a very, very
1: But, you know, yeah, but scientific people, way of doing yeah, it. Right. But if they don't know about that. And a lot of these footprints have mm. thermal ridges. So, like, right. like fingerprints put mm-hmm. on the balls of the feet. So, right. it shows that characteristic also.
0: Right. And they say, uh, the professionals say that while more uh, education and knowledge is coming out, it is getting easier and easier for hoaxers to hoax these things. Because as they learn, like we do as lay people... They can use that knowledge to create better fake castings, uh, fake hair samples, fake what video mm-hmm. and, you know, evidence and such. So, yes, it is it is getting harder to prove these days, but it is getting harder to hoax, too, And because it, I think it goes both ways. It's getting easier for them to hoax, but unless you have very advanced scientific uh, knowledge, chances are, how are you going to be able to replicate something, unless you take a previous foot casting and then turn that into a Mm -hmm. print and then make a print from that. You could definitely do that, but they even have databases now that, uh, that say, Nope, we found Mm -hmm. this exact print somewhere else. Yeah. Unless that's the exact same Bigfoot. We know that can't be the same. So, I mean, they're getting pretty uh, technical as far as their uh, evidence uh, database is concerned. And I find that fascinating, but, but, yeah, so, so at the end of the day, um, what do you guys believe? I mean, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, I know it sounds fantastical, you guys. And, and I don't necessarily believe that uh, Bigfoot is a mystical creature. I do have respect for the Native American lore. Um, I, I, I simply believe that it's probably a creature that has escaped detection uh, for the better part of 200,000 years or more. Um and, and a lot of people say, Well that sounds crazy because why haven't we seen any bones yet? Would you like to talk about why we haven't found bones yet?
1: <laughs> well yeah, well when you think about there's how many bears in the wild compared to how many Bigfoots there might be. How right. many how often do you find a bear carcass? Yeah. Or bear bones.
0: Or or cougar bones or any or kind of bones. Anything like
1: that. It's in the, the forested areas they decompose so fast there's there's creatures that take the carcass away that scatters it. And yeah. It doesn't stay in one spot. And I think that Bigfoot <clears throat> is intelligent enough that if one of them dies, they will do something with the body. They yeah. will not just leave it laying there. It's- well,
0: and that's why I'm still open to the belief, because I don't believe that Bigfoot is smarter than us. Some have claimed that he has mystical powers and can be smarter than us. I simply believe that he's definitely smarter than the other animals. And so he would be smart enough to escape detection. He's he's curious of human, but he's also leery of us. And so they have probably through uh, you know evolution and, and just being uh, careful to uh, to yeah really hide not only their whereabouts but hide any signs of them. You know when you think about um, where they live, we don't find a lot of evidence of where they live cave dwellings, um, perhaps, uh, shelters. Um, we don't find a lot of that. And so that, uh, you know, some people think that hurts us like, Oh, well that kind of is proof that it's not out there, but, but, but maybe like you said, we're talking about rainforest in rainforest things tend to decompose very quickly Mm -hmm. because you have a lot of water and a lot of creatures, a lot of animals and, uh, water Mm -hmm. helps, uh, you know, the decomposition of, of, you know, the putrefication of, yeah. of creatures. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the jury's still out, you know, but I do definitely believe that there's enough people out there where there's definitely a case to be made. And I just don't know. Yeah,
1: I want to believe, and I, yeah. I like things that keep life interesting. Yeah. That aren't mundane and well, normal.
0: Yeah. And so that's where I kind of like, there's a part of me that is all skeptical and all hard science um, but then there, I've reserved this little part of my heart and soul that is just to kind of accept that not everything do we know and understand. And so, um, yeah, I I, I think um, I think it's real. Um, I think I believe personally that I believe Bigfoot is a uh, creature that probably existed uh, for hundreds of thousands of years, and probably what happened is that he's dying out in numbers, just like a lot of endangered species. And so if I had to guess, I would believe that Bigfoot is probably down to, oh, I don't know, a thousand or 10,000 creatures or less now um, because uh, of, I don't know, just because of deforestization, uh, because, uh, you know, just various reasons. Um, The the creature, uh, they, you know, we know that the creature, if it exists, uh, is not thriving because if it were thriving, we would have found more. And so, you know, Man. you know there, there is a, uh, a gentleman on one of these documentaries. He was a scientist, and he uh, said that the reason why he can't believe is because he's found uh, creatures that are much smaller, that are much more rare, where there's only 100 of the species and only a foot in length, and they can find them on trail cams, and they can find them uh, through various means. And so if we can find a species much more elusive than Bigfoot... Then why can't we find Bigfoot? And the only answer I have the, for that is that Bigfoot is a whole hell of a lot smarter than some but, exactly. weird Pups small right. Pups, rodent too. or yeah. marsupial, you know. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. my belief, you know. Pups,
1: yeah, I feel the same
0: way. But uh, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I think that's really all we have left. Is can you think of anything else, baby? Mm. No. I think we covered that. it all. You know you know, at the at the end of the day, you guys, you know, whether you believe or not, you know, it's not about being mean or cruel or rude, you know, like, because a lot of people think, well, you're kind of a, 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 an atheist slash agnostic. How can you not believe in something as awesomely magical as God, but you can believe in things as weird as Bigfoot and ghosts and all that? And all I can say, you guys, is that I keep my mind open to the possibility of God, too. I just don't get into the um, culture of religion. You know, when I think about God, I try to think about God in the same way that I think about um, the cosmos, a cosmological thing rather than a biblical thing. And so if I'm thinking about God, if I'm thinking about uh, Bigfoot, if I'm thinking about ghosts, I really try to break it down into what we're talking about. You know, is it energy? Is it a a consciousness? Is it a concentration of energy? Is it a portal? What is it? But there's something, you know, that's the thing we're trying to understand about the paranormal is that there seems to be in energy that we cannot see or detect or find uh, concentrations of uh, intelligent energy in ghosts, in possible UFOs, in possible cryptids. And so I just want to leave you guys with that, uh, weird and thought that that what we're trying to get down to at the end of the day is why is it that something that has died could somehow live again in in an intelligent haunt Uh, why is it that um you know animals and creatures that have long since been forgotten uh, people are still seeing to this day and you know and so that's uh, what I want you guys to try to think about wh- whenever you're thinking about the paranormal, whenever you're thinking, I know it gets easy to just start going down the rabbit hole. And um, while sometimes we, we tease and taunt and make fun of those people really try to understand their spiritual beliefs, try to understand what they've seen, try to understand what they might be experiencing. Because when I think of like those guys in the shed who are experiencing all these paranormal phenomenon and Bigfoot and all that, At first, I really thought they were kooks. I'm not Mm going to lie. I thought that's kooky. That's a little weird. But uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized no, no, there is definitely something going on there uh, that they're privy to, and they're just used to it. We're not. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when you're thinking about all this stuff, you guys try uh, to just have an open mind, uh, but, you know, try to be uh, skeptical and scientific, but also try to understand that. We humans do not understand the dynamics of energy entirely. We just don't. You know, how energy uh, concentrates and congregates, how energy dissipates, and whether or not energy uh, can uh, exist outside of the body. Uh, It's just we don't know for sure. And it's fucking weird. (laughs) It is, is, but it's fun to think about and it
1: keeps life interesting. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Fun stuff. That's about all I got today. I noticed my doctor is calling again. I'm going to have to call her back. It's 530. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so very much for hanging with us on this hot day. I hope we did a good job. Uh, we're trying our best. It's really super hot. And uh, it's just, it's you know, we're going through a heat spell right here now. But um, I'm going to have uh, two, one more episode for you this week. And I'm going to have two for you next week, making a total of 25 episodes for season one. Uh, and like I said, uh, I'm going to have, uh, merch and t-shirts for you guys at some point, but I'm waiting for a little bit. I'm waiting for the the natural flow of life. I want to grow a little bit first. Um, but I am going to have merch for you guys and I'm going to be on Patreon doing some spoken word content. It's my written stuff that I'm going to, you know, voice to you guys. Uh, that's just a bunch of stuff that I've Facebooked and written in my journals over the years. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to be working on comedy albums and I'm going to try to do comedy in comedy clubs once the once the Delta variant finally goes away, if ever. Um, so, you know, that's the thing, you guys, you know, we're living in a very divisive world. We're socio-politically divided. We're divided by religion. We're divided by race and color. Um, so, you know, th- that's what this is about, you guys. It's about being inclusive, being open-minded and and just being respectful, you know, like you know, I don't always agree with religious people. I don't always agree with conservatives. Um, but I keep an open mind because the truth of the matter is that not everybody is is a bad person. And um, sometimes you just kind of have to uh, try to understand to what extent uh, they're, they're, you know, either, you know, because they might be perfectly good people. And they're just, we don't know where they're coming from. And until you really know where a person is coming from, you don't know whether their intentions are good or not. And so I would just leave you with that, you know, keep an open mind, you know, not all conservatives are bad. Not all religious people are, are zealots. Um, There's a lot of good people in this world, Um, but we're all entitled to our own beliefs. We're all entitled to our own uh, values. And we're all entitled to our own interpretation of the world. Uh, And we should try to respect that. Uh, That being said, you know, I, I just sometimes have a problem with hypocrisy sometimes. That's my only beef is like, it has to be sustainable. If something isn't sustainable, if something, you know, like religion is supposed to be positive and it's not promoting positivity, you might, you know, try to question, you know, your, your motives there. That's all I'm trying to say. So anyways, thank you for joining us. Uh, baby, do you got anything for us?
1: This is our big-ass Bigfoot episode. Babe. This is our babe episode. It's our babe babe. episode. (laughs) Thanks,
0: babe. (laughs) Thank you, babe, for uh, being a fine co-host. You're doing a great job, and I really thank you for that. Oh, thanks. And uh, I just want to thank you guys uh, for being there for us and with us. Uh, We're trying to be there for you guys as well. Uh, We're here uh, as friends. We're here as, uh, you know, spiritual and empath leaders I'm here as a mental health guide. I'm not a trained professional. I'm simply a person with good intentions uh, who's maybe seen a thing or two. I've been around long enough to know uh, right from wrong and good from bad. And so it's all about energy and intention and trying to make sense of this world. And so that's what it's all about. Um, And yeah, so I hope you continue that journey with me. And we will see you one more time this week. And I thank you guys for visiting and uh, downloading another episode of Surviving Empathy. Babe, say goodbye for <laughs> <laughs> Bye you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.